Hello and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I'll be reading Chapter 24 of All You Want by Senlin Yu. This fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 24 Between the Both of Us Draco's eyes widened innocently. Me? Yes. Hermione pursed her lips as she stared down at him. Is this like that scratch you got in third year? Draco was silent for a moment. Hermione's expression grew indignant as she started squirming and trying to climb off the bed. You're unbelievable, she said, fuming. What? How can you accuse me of pretending? I didn't even want to come here, Draco said, refusing to let her escape. I wanted to take you back to our room and snog you. You're the one who dragged me to the headmistress's office and then made me come here. I didn't even ask you to stay. You're the one who decided to stay, he added, removing his hands. His eyes were large and reproachful. You can go if you want. Hermione sighed. She would never have thought someone as large and angular as Draco Malfoy could look so much like a puppy when he was sad. I'm not going to leave. She rolled her eyes and let out a long, low breath. But you got a reputation for being overdramatic. I... I'm not sure how to be around you and not be a bit suspicious of you. Draco's face fell noticeably. Hermione felt a stab of guilt. She wanted to put her hands over his eyes in order to hide them. When he stared at her like that, she had to stifle the temptation to lean forward and kiss the expression away. His eyes were like enormous silver pools of emotion. It was like staring at a baby unicorn. I don't mean I don't trust you. She turned her head upward and studied the ceiling. I just... we have a lot of history. It makes everything so complicated. I mean, look at the mess we just started sorting through. It's like we're designed to misunderstand each other. I've spent the last several months trying to deal with the fact that I was sleeping with you even though you didn't want anything to do with me. Trying to suddenly see you differently. It's a lot of conversations that I suddenly don't understand the meaning of. There were a lot of times when you said things and I just assumed it was a reference to my being muggle-born. Now I don't even know what we talked about most of the time when we did talk. Her voice trailed off slightly. You could have asked, he said quietly. I would have told you if you'd ever asked. I know, Hermione's head dropped. I assumed things because it felt safer than asking. I don't do vulnerable very well. Hermione swallowed hard as she looked at him. Her shoulders felt taut. Having this happen to me, presenting... It has honestly felt more terrifying than anything else I've ever faced. At least during the war, it was external forces. But this is inside me. It's my body and my mind, and it feels like they're betraying me. I don't know what to do. I've always been able to trust my mind, even more than my magic. My mind is me. But now I feel like it isn't anymore. Not entirely. Her gaze dropped down to her wrists. I don't know what the right way of being brave about all this is, so I just decided to be miserable about the situation with you, rather than facing it and taking the risk of making everything worse than it already was. I'm really sorry. Draco's hand slid around her waist. It's not your fault. You never said my probation was the reason you chose me to scentmark you. I just couldn't believe it when you gave me other reasons. I assumed they were to make me feel better. Hermione cringed. It's such a mess. I almost asked last night. 
It was on the tip of my tongue after you apologized to just ask you why you left. But then I lost my nerve. Draco brought his hands up and rested them on her shoulders for a moment and then slid them down to close around her wrists. At the sensation, Hermione's shoulders instantly relaxed. She drew a deep breath. I think we were both reluctant to risk the equilibrium. Hermione nodded and looked into his eyes, gnawing at her lower lip. So, now that it turns out that we were both wrong about a lot, where, where exactly does that leave this, us? A smirk shifted across Draco's lips. Here is good. Both of us, right here. This is a fairly good place for us to stay. The corner of Hermione's mouth quirked upward and she reached out and stroked his healed cheek. You really did hit your head hard. I'm currently straddling you in the hospital ward. But there are privacy curtains, Draco said in a low purr as his hold on her wrists tightened, pressing against the glands on her wrists. Hermione gave a small moan and Draco leaned forward. We can't snog here, she said, panting faintly and arching away. Pomfrey said I was supposed to follow the rules. No reading. Quiet activities. Kissing is a quiet activity. Draco said in a husky voice as he closed in. Hermione tilted her head back in order to keep her lips away from Draco's. He just dragged his mouth along her throat. She choked back a whimper. I think there are rules against kissing here. No. Draco shook his head and his lips ghosted along her jaw. She shivered and felt heat spreading through her steadily. There are no rules against snogging in the infirmary. Draco pulled her back toward him. Hermione shook her head and arched an eyebrow. How do you know that? Draco stilled and drew back slightly, looking sheepish. I looked it up in third year. It seemed like a useful thing to know. Hermione snorted doubtfully and he shrugged. I did. I'm a Slytherin. You can't find loopholes if you don't study the rules. I read all the rule books for the castle and Hogwarts A History just to make sure I knew the context of things. Hermione straightened so she could look at Draco. You... You've read Hogwarts A History? Her voice squeaked slightly. Draco looked suddenly cagey. Only a few times. It seemed like a practical source of information on the castle. Hermione stared at him wide-eyed. But no one reads Hogwarts A History. Even most of the Ravenclaws have only skimmed it. Draco jutted his chin out, looking sullen. It's well written. It'll never be a classic like History of Magic, but Bathilda Bagshot was an exceptional historian. All her books are worth reading. You'd probably like it. Hermione nearly laughed. There was heat spreading across her chest. Draco, it's my favorite book. Draco blinked. Oh, he blushed. Hermione didn't pause to think. She just leaned forward and kissed him. He gave a low gasp as his mouth met hers. They should talk more, but maybe later. She wrapped her arms around his neck. He pulled her body hard against his and his tongue pressed into her mouth. The taste of him. She loved the taste of him. One of his hands slid up her spine and tangled in her hair. Her glands were starting to throb and she gripped the fabric of his pajama shirt and felt tempted to tear it off. There was a part of her still quietly snarling. They hurt your alpha. She felt possessive. She wanted to lick him all over until he was drenched in her. Not in the hospital wing. She was going to stop kissing him in just a moment. Because she was in the hospital wing, even if there were no explicit rules against it, she imagined Pomfrey would regard Hermione ravishing Drago in his hospital bed as violating the spirit of instructions regarding quiet activities. 
So she was going to stop kissing Draco in just a minute. She shoved him down against the pillows and ran her tongue down his throat. He growled and it made her whole body shake. She could feel his hand sliding under her shirt as she flicked her tongue out across his glands. He gave a muffled moan. Granger, he groaned. We should, weren't we, probably talk? Hermione did not want to talk. She wanted to lick him. She dragged her tongue across his glands hard and felt him grip her harder. Granger, you're mine, she said against his throat. His hand was gripping her hair tight and he jerked her head back up. Fuck yes, he said against her lips before he gave her a bruising kiss. She arched against him, tangling her fingers in his hair as she ground her hips into his. He moaned against her mouth and his hand gripped her waist. There was a faint sound behind her, but Hermione barely heard it as Draco nipped at her lower lip and his hold on her hair tightened. Just a suggestion. If you're in a secret, non-relationship with each other, perhaps don't snog in the infirmary, a voice drawled. Hermione gave a small scream and tried to jump off Draco, but he refused to let go. She turned her head and looked over her shoulder to find Blaze Zabini seated in a chair beside Draco's bed, studying them with an expression of indifference. Fuck off, Blaze, Draco growled. Granger and I are busy. Hermione felt her face grow red hot at the realization that she had been aggressively snogging Draco in the hospital ward, while at the same time telling herself that she was definitely not going to snog him. Oh God, she really was a nymphomaniac. Do you still go by surnames after you've licked a witch's tonsils? Blaze asked, tilting his head thoughtfully. I don't recall any of the etiquette manuals mentioning it. Draco, please let go, Hermione said as she tried to squirm off him. He wrapped his arms around her more obstinately. No, Blaze is leaving, he said coolly. I'm not done with you. Hermione felt her face and ears grow hot. Let me off, you prat, she said, twisting and contorting as she tried to peel Draco's fingers off one at a time. The curtain snapped open again. Hermione ceased in her quest to remove Draco's hands in order to look up in horror as Pansy and Theo walked through the curtains. Oh, did I not mention that Theo and Pansy were right behind me? Blaze said. Oops. Pansy froze mid-step as she took in the sight of Hermione guiltily straddling Draco in a hospital bed while his arms were wrapped possessively around her waist. Theo's expression flickered for a moment as he took in the scene. Draco, let go. Hermione said, trying to tear his hands off again. He released his grip, and she nearly fell off the bed in her haste to get away. She shoved her shirt back into her skirt and turned around awkwardly to find that at some point during the snog session, she had completely unbuttoned Draco's shirt. He was apparently in no rush to close it. He sat in bed glowering at his visiting housemates. Draco folded his arms and slouched against the headboard. "'What do you lot want?' "'We heard you were here and thought you might want company.' Blaze said, leaning back in his chair. Pansy appeared apoplectic. I have company. You can all leave. Preferably now. Draco dismissed them lazily. Hermione edged toward the curtain. No, no. They can stay. I should go meet with Ginny and Neville now. She wasn't running away. She was simply making a strategic retreat. She and Draco hadn't finished talking. Since she had decided to lose her head and snog him, she would boldly face his friends later, when she knew the context in which she was facing them. Am I the only one who didn't know about this? Pansy's voice crackled. Hermione froze. Pansy was blocking the exit somewhat. Did we forget to tell you? 
Theo said, turning to look back at her and running his hand through his hair. Sorry about that. Slipped my mind. We definitely meant to. Pansy's expression was venomous as she glared at Draco. How long? Remember how Draco was sick for a week at the end of September? He actually wasn't, Blaze said. And you didn't tell me! Pansy whirled back toward Theo and Blaze. Draco seized Pansy's distraction as an opportunity to lean forward and catch hold of Hermione's robes. Slowly, using minimal force as though he were a fisherman, he tugged Hermione backwards until he could wrap his arms possessively around her waist again. He pulled her down so that she was seated on the edge of the bed beside him. Hermione tried to get away. Draco, she said quietly, you're going to make it worse. He shook his head. You don't know Pansy. This is a much safer place for you. Hermione snorted. I'm not afraid of Pansy Parkinson. I don't care. Draco's hold tightened. Pansy is a very unethical and protective sort. She would take advantage of your Gryffindor morals and use them to stab you in the back. Well, Theo was saying as he gripped the back of his neck, you are his ex-girlfriend. I'm also his friend. Pansy seemed coiled like a viper readying to strike. You didn't think it was worth mentioning that he's been secretly boinking Granger since the moment she presented? Well, I'm an alpha, so I signed a non-disclosure agreement, and I'm not keen to learn what McGonagall cursed it with. However, Blaze noticed because he's our roommate, and Draco hasn't slept in our room in over a month. So really, he's the only one who could have told you. It's all Blaze's fault, Theo pointed accusingly to where Blaze was reclining. So you all thought this would be a good time for Draco to have a secret affair? This year! And you! Pansy whirled back to glare at Draco. I don't even know where to begin with you! Does your mother have any idea what you're doing? She's worried sick about you already, and you thought an entanglement with Granger would be a good idea? Under what possible set of circumstances do you see this somehow ending well for you? Draco's hold on Hermione tightened further, and Pansy directed her glare at Hermione. Then there's you, Granger. Pansy was practically spitting acid. Pansy? Draco growled in warning. I actually tried to be nice to you. Pansy's teeth were bared as she spoke. I could tell you were having an awful time, and, given that I owed you, I thought I'd help you out. Nearly a dozen alphas in the school, and you went and took advantage of the most vulnerable one you could get your hands on. I suppose after fifth year, everyone should have realized what a vicious bitch you are when it comes to getting revenge. I- Pansy, shut the fuck up, Draco snarled. You are not my mother. And even if you were, you don't decide what I can and cannot handle. You don't dictate my relationships. What I do with Granger is none of your business. Pansy gave a laugh like a hyena. It felt as though the sound somehow vibrated inside Hermione's bones. Really? It was all your idea, I'm sure. As though you wouldn't do any damn thing she asked. I credited you with too much sense. I thought since you were the only one who wasn't panting after her, that it was a sign of your self-control. But of course not. You're actually the one letting her use you as a fuck toy. Hermione flinched and felt as though she'd been slapped. She stared at Pansy wide-eyed. Get her out, Draco roared. Pansy suddenly went quiet. Her mouth continued moving in soundless rage as Theo silenced her and stepped forward, picking Pansy up off the ground and hoisting her over his shoulder. We'll bring her back to visit again once she's calmed down, Theo said, giving Hermione an apologetic glance. Pansy smacked Theo across the back of the head, but he barely blinked. Only Pansy Parkinson could look slightly poised while slung over someone's shoulder. For the record, Pans, Blaze said, standing up. The next time you complain that we don't tell you things, 
This will be the reason why. Pansy kicked, trying to squirm down from Theo's shoulder without falling as Madame Pomfrey abruptly burst in. What is going on here? Pomfrey said, looking astonished as she took in the scene. Dear old Pansy is just having an ex-girlfriend moment, Blaze said, his voice sly. She had a small fit of jealous rage. Pansy appeared to scream and then gestured rudely at Blaze. We won't let her come back unless she promises to behave. We apologize for disturbing Draco and any other patients. Come on, Theo. We should go before she causes another scene. Theo and Blaze walked away, and Pansy continued to squirm and glare furiously at Hermione until the curtain fell and hid her from view. Madame Pomfrey eyed Hermione suspiciously. Draco was holding her around the waist in a veritable death grip. Mr. Malfoy is supposed to be resting, Pomfrey said. Hermione's eyes dropped. Hermione didn't do anything. She was keeping me company, and Pansy came and caused a scene. Draco's hold somehow tightened even more. Hermione felt as though she were on the verge of being crushed. Pomfrey studied Hermione as well as Draco's hold on her for several seconds. Any further scenes, and I will restrict Mr. Malfoy from all visitors until I release him tomorrow. Yes, ma'am, Hermione said in a small voice. Quiet activities, Pomfrey said, her mouth puckering slightly before she turned and bustled away. Well, that went rather badly, Hermione said after the tap of Pomfrey's shoes had faded. Malfoy nuzzled his chin over her shoulder. Sorry. Pansy doesn't handle surprises well. She tends to overreact and get vicious. You shouldn't pay attention to the things she says. Hermione nodded, but then she was quiet for a minute. She looked down and traced a fingertip along Draco's wrist and hand still around her waist. But what she said about you doing anything I want, I'm worried about that. She turned to look over her shoulder at Draco. I don't know how to tell if that's why alphas are doing things or if they ever actually mean anything they say and do. Yesterday, in the broom closet, her mouth twitched slightly, you said the only reason you pulled me in there was because the biology caught you off guard. Draco shifted behind her. And now, you're being different. You're acting different. I don't know if you're just doing whatever you think I want. She swallowed hard. I don't know if your instincts just make you think you want something once you think it's what I want. I don't... The idea of that makes me feel ill. I don't want you to be some way because you're biologically wired to change yourself to suit me. Draco was silent and she felt him sigh. It's not like that, he said slowly. I lied yesterday, when you asked if I cared. I lied because I thought you had Longbottom and maybe even Theo lined up as alternative alphas. Based on why I thought you asked me to be the one to scent mark you in the first place, I thought you'd just move on to someone who'd follow your rules better if I were to complicate things by being... interested. Hermione felt as though she'd been electrocuted. Draco drew a sharp, frustrated breath. You said, at the beginning, you said, not a relationship, not friends. I was trying not to cross any of the lines you laid because I didn't want you to go somewhere else. I'm being different now because I just learned how grossly I misunderstood things, and because I don't want to sit back and watch you go sterilize yourself just because you feel like you have no other option. Hermione only half heard him. She felt petrified. You're... interested in me? Draco turned his head slightly and their eyes met. Yes. Hermione blinked up at him. Really? Draco nodded slowly. Are you sure? This... it... Hermione couldn't remember how to complete sentences. 
There were approximately 557,000 questions suddenly running through her brain. Biology? Hormones? And concussion? Probably not. I mean, we probably shouldn't. Metallurgy. We're supposed to... Metallurgy. She dove off the bed and rummaged through Draco's book bag. She wrenched out the book, flipped to the introduction, and began reading aloud before Draco could say anything. Metallurgy. The science of magical metallurgy is a branch of charm work. One of the most ancient branches in wizarding science, its purpose is to utilize the characteristics of metal by imbuing them with spell work. This enables charms masters to magnify and maintain complex charm work that would otherwise be impossible to create. Metallurgy is delicate work, in many regards as much art as science. It necessitates a deep understanding of both magic and metal in order to find a complementary balance in forces. Metal used in charm work cannot be chosen based on appearance. It must be determined by choosing a metal with fundamental qualities that complement the magic. Hermione read through the introduction and didn't stop to breathe until her face turned blue. She drew in a gasping breath and then continued on. Her eyes were glued to the page. She did not look at Draco. She was not thinking about Draco. She was reading metallurgy aloud as fast as she possibly could, and she didn't stop until she reached the end of the 42-page introduction. She permitted her eyes to dart up briefly. Draco had his hands over his face as though he were in pain. "'Are you all right?' She snapped the book shut and hurried over. "'Is your head hurting again? I can call Pomfrey.' "'No, it's not that.' His voice was muffled behind his hands. "'What's wrong?' "'Oh, I don't know.' His voice was still muffled. Maybe that I said I was interested in you, and then you proceeded to leap off the bed and start reading a book at a rate of 5,000 words per minute? Hermione's face grew hot, and she fidgeted with her hands. I just... we're already dealing with a lot. The hormones, biology... you have a brain injury right now. I think... we shouldn't have this conversation now. We already have enough trouble understanding each other. I don't think this is a good time. Draco pulled his hands away and stared up at her. His eyes were slightly narrowed and his mouth was curved in a familiar sneer. I don't want you to let me down over the course of two days because I have a concussion. If you don't want my interest, tell me now and I'll shut up and you'll never hear another word about it. What? No, that's not what I meant. Draco's eyes lit up. That's a yes then? Hermione stared at him wordlessly for several seconds. Then she drew a slow breath. I don't want to talk about this right now, she said firmly. Let's talk tomorrow when you're recovered from your concussion. Draco looked ready to argue, but he swallowed and gave a deep sigh. Fine. We can just read, Hermione said, clutching the metallurgy book against her chest. The sensation of the leather cover and the deckle-edged pages felt so reassuring against her fingers. Metallurgy. Charms. Concrete and discrete rules. No guesswork or emotions or hormones to worry about muddying everything up. Just straightforward information. Fine, Draco said. His tone was entirely unenthusiastic. That's fine. If that's what you want. Hermione fidgeted. I just don't want things to get all mixed up again because it turns out Pomfrey gave you a potion that made you hallucinatory or something. I don't think I'll handle it if we somehow misunderstood each other all over again. Draco rolled his eyes. I get it. Reading is fine. Although, perhaps you could try reading more slowly and sit a bit closer. His expression didn't change at all, but his eyes glittered slightly at the last word. Hermione studied him through narrowed eyes. I'm not going to let you pull me into your lap again. Draco gave a small sigh and slid over on the bed. He patted the space beside him. Here, then. Hermione continued to balk, and he laid his hands over his heart. I promise to behave myself. 
Hermione seated herself gingerly on the bed beside him and then looked up at him with a severe expression. No reading over my shoulder. I wouldn't dare. All right, then, Hermione said primly as she opened the book. Chapter One. Conductive Metals. Draco shifted and his arm draped over her shoulder. Hermione looked up sharply. His head was tilted back and his eyes were closed. She cleared her throat and started reading. As she read, the weight of his arm on her shoulder steadily grew heavier and heavier. As she finished the section detailing the uses of aluminium, his head dropped slightly against hers. She looked up and found him asleep. She read quietly to herself until she finished the metallurgy book, and then, using her toe, she caught the strap of his book bag and pulled it over. She was growing uncomfortably aroused. It had been more than a month since she'd gone so long without an orgasm, and it was beginning to feel like a throbbing, tangled ball of tension between her legs. She shifted and pressed her knees together while she tried to focus on finding something new to read. There wasn't anything to be done about it. She'd just have to cope. But there was a part of her that was whining and wanted to roll over and grind on Draco to try to deal with the growing frustration. He was right there and he smelled edible. She wanted to flick her tongue out and drag it along his wrists until he woke up to have him push her down and tear her clothes off, to feel his cock slide through her folds and then slowly stretch her as he sank to the hilt inside her. Her nipples grew hard and she gave a frustrated moan and tried to break free of the fantasy slowly monopolizing her brain. She pulled out several books on ancient runes and started reading. Madame Pomfrey poked her head through the curtains a few hours later. You're still here. I didn't want to wake him. Dinner is nearly over. Let me move him. Pomfrey flicked her wand and the pressure on Hermione's head and shoulders eased. The matron came over and gently moved Draco down onto his back in the bed. He barely stirred. Hermione rolled her neck and it cracked several times as she stood up. You should go, dear. He'll probably sleep all night. Hermione stared down at him. You'll keep an eye on him? That There are a lot of students who don't like that he's here. I'm a bit... I'm worried about him if I'm not here to make sure he's all right. I'll put extra monitor charms on him to ensure there are no disturbances if it will reassure you. No one will bother him in my hospital ward. There is quite a bit of magic here to keep patients safe. Go on to dinner. Mr. Malfoy will be here to visit in the morning. As Hermione reluctantly pulled the door open and stepped out, Theo looked up from a chair facing the hospital ward. I was wondering if you'd ever come out. Hermione studied him, and her fingers inched instinctively for her wand. Theo didn't stand. He stayed in his seat, looking up at her. Do you need something, Theo? She tilted her head and studied him. I wanted to talk to you, but you don't seem like you're very comfortable talking to me right now. He folded his hands and gave her a wry smile. Hermione was unabashed. I'm not very trusting of Alphas. Except Draco, Theo said, raising an eyebrow. You seem to trust him. He gave a faint laugh and stared pointedly at her hand. You can just pull your wand out if you want. I can tell you want to. I won't be offended, and you'll feel better that way. It was an opportunity to be trusting, but Hermione wasn't inclined to be trusting. Not yet, no matter how charming Theonaut could be. She drew her wand and held it at her side, raising an eyebrow. What do you want, Theo? End of chapter 24 Narrator's Note Thank you so much for listening to Jermione Audio Fix. I recently set up a coffee page, that's K-O-F-I, for those of you who want to support my work with a donation. You will find the link in the episode and podcast description.